All right, good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to church. You um, put myself in the middle here. Uh, hello, I'm back. Remember me? Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Josh, and I have the privilege to serve as the lead pastor here at Church on the Rock. In fact, I just celebrated 12 years as the pastor here. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm thankful. Um, I think I love it more today than I may ever have, and so I'm leaned in to what God has called us to as a church and where we're headed, and so I'm going to start today by talking about a little bit of where we've been and a little bit of where we're going. Is that okay? Uh, so here's what's going on today. It's a fun day. So today we launch our life groups officially. So we do three semesters, spring, summer, and fall, and so we launch our spring life group semester Today, officially, there is a sugar rush going on in the lobby, so please get some sugar today. I got some people excited about life groups, uh, so we got that going on. We also have just ended a season that we call 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And so here's what I want to say, that I, I just want to give it up to you guys. For the people that I talked to, prayed with, saw in prayer services that were just being sacrificial before the Lord and fasting from some things that you love, you enjoy, you felt like God calling you to. I saw some people throw some things in trash cans and they say, I'll never go back to certain things in my life. I saw people say, man, God has moved in me in this season of 21 days. And I saw people that said, I'm still believing for God to move in me coming out of these 21 days. But listen, everybody, you did it. And I would love for you to congratulate yourself the person next to you. Way to go, everybody. Way to go. So today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize and end a, uh, a um, let, me, let me, summarize is not a good word. End is a better word. I'm going to end a series that we've been in, that we've been calling First Things First. Start of our year. It is still January, barely. It's hard to believe that we're almost into the second month of the year but we are still in the very first part of our year. And so we've been uh, preaching some messages to try to help us as followers of Jesus to put God first in our lives. We want Jesus to be over everything. Isn't that right, everybody? We just want first in our money, first in our marriages, first in our families, first in our businesses, like just first things first. Now, where we're heading next week, I'm so excited I can hardly stand it. I, I had to make myself not start this series already because I'm so excited. I actually want to promote it to you a little bit. So next weekend, we're going to start a brand new series that we're calling Forever, Forever. And that number four has some incredible significance. And I want to talk to you just briefly about what to expect in the coming weeks. I haven't finalized the full outline of this series, but it is stretching out and getting longer and longer as God continues to deposit more and more into me. And here's what I want to say, that I would love to bait you back to church next weekend. If you're somebody that says, man, I love getting theological and I want to, I want to swim deep into the scriptures, you're going to love this. If you're somebody that says, listen, I, I just like practical and simple you're going to love this. I'm telling you right now, I, I am building these in ways that it'll, it'll apply to every single one of our lives. We are going to be talking about vision, purpose, who God's called us to be as a church. Where is this church going according to God's call on its existence? We're going to talk about how, we, how do I play a role in that? How do you play a role in that? What does that look like? And I'm just going to spend weeks talking about vision and who we are as a church in a series that we're going to call 
ever. So I hope that's bait enough. I hope you take it, swallow it, hook, line, and sinker, everybody. I'll see you back here next Monday. Does that sound good? Or next su Sunday. We'll do it on Sunday. Let's do it on Sunday. I think that'll be more appropriate. Some of you guys work on Mondays. But I want to get into today's message. Is that okay? We've been starting this, this series every week with the words from Jesus found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And Jesus says this, seek first the kingdom and righteousness, and then all these other things will be added unto you. I like this verse so much. I like it because Jesus does not imply that it's bad to have pursuits. It's okay if you're passionate about your business, your hobbies, your family. Uh, you know, whatever it is. It's okay to have those passions. Jesus doesn't say you should only love me and nothing else. He just simply says, I want you to seek me first, like even more than your family, e even higher than your marriage, even more than the success of your business or the, or the next promotion. I want you to put me above all other things. And then he says, if you do, there's, a, there's like a, a promise attached that hey, if you do, then all that other stuff, I'll add that to you. I'll give you a healthy family. I'll, I'll help your business. I'll make sure that you see my move in your life every day. And so I love that he just says, just put me first. And at the first of the year, that's what we've been trying to do. Isn't that right, church? But I'm going to ask you a question as we start today. Have you ever had something so meaningful to you, so valuable, so important, that you would consider it worth fighting for? Like every man in the room, we've all daydreamed of being the guy that swoops in and scoops up the damsel in distress and victoriously conquers all the villains and we take her away into our castle and this is, come on guys, don't, don't, don't leave me up here alone. How many of y'all have had that daydream? I had a dream the other night. I had, a, I had an actual dream the other night that somebody was messing with my wife. I'm not a fighter. It's not in my nature. But I told that dude some things in my dream that I wouldn't say on Sunday morning right now. I'm telling you right now. Because that girl is worth fighting for to me. Hey, that's just, right? It's worth fighting for. But I think we all get it. Like, there are certain things worth fighting for. Like, how many of you guys know that being a parent is hard work? It is a tough business. But those kids, they're worth fighting for, aren't they? There, there may be other things, you know, that you, entrepreneurs, I just, you know, you guys, man, you have a dream, you have a passion, you're going for it, and you know that, like, this is risky, and this might be a little crazy, but, man, I got to go for it, and you just leverage out there, and, like, I'm, like, sink or swim, I'm going to try this, and you're so passionate about what you're called to do or what you feel led by God to do that that, that business, it's worth fighting for, isn't it? I mean, there are certain things in our lives that they're worth the fight, and so today, I want to title this message, Fight For It fight for it. Let's, let's fight for some things in our lives. And what I particularly want to talk about is the follower of Jesus in the room. And there is, I'm going to delineate the audience because there are some of us in this room, we are followers of Jesus. We are born again Christians. Our faith is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are others of us in this room that you might be far from God. Maybe you're tuning in online. You're like, I don't, I don't know if I even believe all this stuff. That's okay. Hang with me because I'm going to talk to us both today. But for those that walk with Jesus, I'm going to submit that that relationship with Jesus, it's worth fighting for. 
We've been saying around our church, and maybe you've caught on, but we've been saying, if you were at 21 days of prayer services, you heard it every day. And we've been saying, God is on the move. God is on the move, and he is. How many of you know that God is always moving? The question really is, are we seeing it? Are we looking for it? Because we tend to find what we're looking for. And if I'm always looking for the upside, I'll tend to find the upside. If I'm always looking for the downside, I'll tend to find that. And so what we've recognized, it's, it's like a revelation in ways that we've just recognized, like, man, God is doing amazing things. Like, he's on the move. And so we've been pointing it out and talking about it. And like, look, God was in that. And God was in your story. And God was in that moment. And God, look at this. And then it just, it's so exciting. But can I tell you something that's not so exciting? If God is on the move, so is our enemy. And I just believe that as followers of Jesus, that this relationship with Christ, we should fight for it. It's worth a fight. Like anything worth, worth having is uphill. It's not easy. You got to go get it. Like, like the man at the top of the hill didn't fall there. He climbed there. You, you following me? So I want to take you to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I want to read you just a couple of verses. We're going to read verses 11 and 12. And this is the Apostle Paul, and he's encouraging a young pastor. And he says, but you, Timothy are a man of God. Come on, doesn't that, doesn't that sound good? Well, you just love somebody to say, you are, just, you are a woman of God. And you just be like, yes I, yes, I am. Yes, I am. You are a man of God. And I want you to notice all the verbs. So run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Verse 12, fight the good fight. For the true faith, hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have uh, declared so well before many witnesses. I love that the Apostle Paul says, hey, Timothy, this is worth fighting for. Man, there are some things you're going to have to pursue and some things you're going to have to run from. Fight the good fight, man. Don't give in. It may not always be easy. I'm going to need you to put your dukes up. I'm going to need you to get ready to throw some hands because for you to be successful in the kingdom, you're going to have to fight this fight of faith. And my encouragement to us this morning is that we would commit at the, at the start of our year and at the conclusion of this sermon series that we say, that'll be me. I will fight for it. Because here's what I know about people, is this. We always drift in the wrong directions. Always. I've never accidentally lost weight. I've never said, dang, I shouldn't have had all that celery. Never. I've never gotten fit by just chilling on my couch. I've never gotten any financial peace by being an impulsive spender. I've never had health in my marriage without leaning into it. I've never been a good father without really thinking about what it takes to do that job well. Every time I drift, I find myself in the wrong place. And here's what I want to do this morning. If it's okay, I would love to just preach to me and hope it helps you. It amazes me sometimes. People will come up to me like, oh, pastor, that was amazing. That was just for me. And I'm like, no, I wrote it for me. I, like, I was talking to myself, but I'm glad it served you. And that's what I'm going to try to do this morning. I'm just going to preach to me, and I'm going to hope that it helps you. The Bible says this in Romans 3.23, because if you find yourself drifting, I just want you to know you're in good company. The Bible says, what's that first word, everybody? It says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
All of us drift. All of us have issues. All of us don't have it all together all the time. So I want to say it's okay. It's okay if you're like, man, I just mess this thing up all the time. Like, all right, cool. Welcome, welcome to the crowd. You're in great company. There is nobody here that is better than anybody here. You can say amen right there. That's a good one. Amen. Because we're all just people chasing the heart of God. Amen. But there are some of you this year, you've started the year out. Like, you're like, man, I'm doing it. I've never fasted before, but I'm going to try it. And you gave some things up. There's some of you that are like, I've, I've never shown up to church more than twice in a month, and I'm going to prayer, and I'm going to go a lot. You guys did it. And there are some of you that your prayer life is just elevated to another place, and your spiritual discipline has, has gone to another level. And there are some of you that you've just made a commitment, man, I'm going to fight for it this year. And here's what I want to say. Yes, congratulations. Like, I want you to know how proud I am of the steps you are taking and the things that you are doing. I believe that the Father is up there going, yes. Yeah, my boy, that's him. He's doing it. And I want to encourage you to lean in. But, but, but I want to ask some questions. I've asked some of these questions before. And I want to ask some questions to you. Because, and here's, here's the context of my questions. I believe that there are certain disciplines and certain things that we should do to cultivate the relationship we have with Jesus. Would you agree with that? Like, I can't earn my salvation, but I can cultivate the relationship that I now have with Christ. And I've been kind of talking about this all throughout the month, that I just believe that being at the church building, worshiping together, and being in community with other people, I actually think that's a really important thing for followers of Christ to do. I think it's important because the Bible says it. Congratulations to my friend this morning who said last week I was on the other side of that camera and you gave a challenge and she is in this room right now. Way to go. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I was high-fiving her in the lobby like, you go, girl. Yes, we're better because you're here. I believe there are certain things that we should do to cultivate this relationship. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. Here's the questions that I would love to ask. What would your life look like one year from now? One year from now. If you decided, I will not make church an option, I will make it a priority. And every chance that I can be there to worship with my church family, I will. What would your life look like if you made that commitment this year? What would your life look like if one year from now, you made authentically connecting to the body of Christ a priority? And you said, I will be in a group. I will get myself around people. And I will build friendships with individuals within that group. And I will do the things that sometimes get me uncomfortable and sometimes cause me to be a bit vulnerable and sometimes make me like, I'm not sure about all this, but I will commit to connect to the body of Christ and authentically engage relationally with the people of my church. I just wonder, what would your life look like one year from now if that was the commitment you made this year? What would your life look like one year from now if you decided that this is the year that I will get past myself and I will not only be somebody that receives, but I will become somebody that contributes. I will make a difference in the lives of others. No, I don't have it all together and I'm not perfect, but I'm going to commit to just serve others selflessly. And you just got on the serve team at your church this year. What would your life look like one year from now if you did that? I wonder. What would your life look like one year from now if you made a commitment that every day, every day, not most days, not some days, 
And every day, he just opened up the Bible, and he just read some of it. Every day. Maybe you just get it from the YouVersion Bible app that you downloaded on your device, and you don't even have to wonder what to read. You just open up to the homepage, and you just do the verse of the day. Every day. They have guided prayer in that thing. There's a devotional. It's a be- it's a- How many of you guys use that? It's one of the greatest resources the body of Christ has ever been given. What if, what if you just committed that every day this year, you would have God's word put in to your spirit? What would your life look like one year from now? What would your life look like one year from now if you committed to making prayer a priority? Not just the seasonal thing, not just the, an occasional thing, but a daily thing. God, every day, I'll just pray. I'll just talk to you. That's what I'll do. I'll just start talking to you. And I'll talk to you about the things I'm worried about. And I'll talk to you about the things I hope you'll do for me. I'll talk to you about the things I want you to do in my friend's life, in my family's life, in my work, in my, in my hobbies, et cetera, et cetera. Like, what would your life look like if one year from now you were doing all those things? I would wager that it would transform. I would wager that you would look back and say, I'm so glad that I put the daily word of God in my spirit to strengthen and sustain me because of the difficulties I faced last year. I'm so glad that in my desperate times, I knew who to go to because I cultivated a life of prayer that was personal between me and the Lord, and I talked to my heavenly Father about everything in my life. I bet that you would say, I'm so thankful that I authentically connected to those friends because I always thought I was the only one. And then I found out that they struggle too. And I found out that his struggle is just like mine. And thank God I had somebody else that understood what I go through every single day. I would, I would wager that you would say, it felt amazing to just get past my problems and think of somebody else and hold the door for them and serve their child and Camp Rock kids, to park their car, to, to transport them from one location to the next on that trolley, to hand them the connection card that gave them the opportunity to share their prayer need with us, that I was the one that was behind the scenes doing the smart stuff with the soundboard that made the atmosphere less of a distraction and more inviting for the presence and the power of God to move in the room when we came together and worshiped on Sundays. I would wager that if you made those commitments, it would transform your life. I believe in the church. I believe in it so much, I've committed my entire life to it. All of it. I believe that that's not a call on just a pastor. I believe it's a call on the body. Because without you, the body is missing something. So what would our lives look like? I'm going to give you a quote, and I'm going to give you four tactics today. This is one of my favorite quotes in the world. It goes like this. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. Successful people, they do consistently what others will only do occasionally. I believe consistent church attendance matters. I believe consistent friendships with the body of faith is important. I believe consistent service of other people is a big deal. I believe that consistent Bible study and consistent prayer is absolutely essential or you won't make it. I'm going to say that one just one more time. I don't always need your kickback. But I just believe that daily Bible study and prayer is absolutely essential or you will not make it. Amen. Amen. 
It's true. It's true. And so my heart is to charge our church with these consistent things. Let's do these consistent things. So I'm going to give you four tactics today. Y'all ready to get practical? Four tactics for the fight. Because if I'm going to get in a fight, like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, like if, if you've ever been in the fighting world, you show up with a game plan. And then some of you guys are like, well, I never showed up with a game plan. I just threw stuff until one guy was on the ground and one guy was still standing. I want you to go into this battle with some tactics. Come on, somebody. I'm going to help you as much as I can. Tactic number one, I'm going to encourage our church, hey, just be faithful. Be consistent. Be faithful before the Lord. The Bible says this, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, that press in, that get into the presence of God, that pursue him, that go after his heart. You don't have to understand it all. You don't have to know the Bible through and through. You don't have to understand Greek and Hebrew. You, God is looking at your heart. Is, is, is her heart after my heart? I will fill her up. The Bible is filled with promises of how God will always meet us when we go after him, always and forever. I love this verse, Matthew 25, 21. Th this is a story Jesus was telling, and he's summing up something for us to understand. And here's, here's what he said, that the master replied, well done, my good and faithful servant. He didn't say my good and successful servant. He didn't say my good and perfect ser servant. Jesus said that the Father is looking for faithfulness, consistency. Hey, small steps, they become giant leaps. One year from now, you'll turn around and go, wow, God was on the move. God was doing an amazing thing. My wife and I the other day had a, had a little bit of a fasting and prayer recap conversation. We just sat in the living room and we asked each other, What'd God do in you? What's he saying to you? What, what did you see, experience? What are you believing for? And we just talked about our, our time of fasting and prayer. And we just kind of looked back a little bit. And the, and the irony was we started telling these little stories like, oh, man, yeah, this happened. And, that, and like, was God not in that? Oh, my gosh, it's crazy. I mean, I wish you'd have been there. It was a pretty fun conversation. But here's what we discovered is that we've been looking for God's move. We, like, we've been looking for it. But when we paused and looked back, we saw it even more. It was unbelievable. And I just, I just believe that if we are consistently leaning into the heart of God and leaning into the things that cultivate spiritual health and, and spiritual growth in our lives, that when we turn around and look at the year in the past, we're going to go, oh my gosh, God was doing things that I never would have even known he was doing until I looked for it. God was on the move in me. Tactic number one, we're going to be faithful. Tactic number two, and this is an important one, I'm encouraging us, be alert. Like, be alert. My football coaches used to say, hey, Hersey, put your head on a swivel. That was their way of saying, don't take the crown of a helmet into the ear hole of yours. That was legal back then. They throw flags for that stuff. Now, we played a meaner game, didn't we, brother? I know. I, amen. Be alert. Be alert. If, I need to be faithful, but I need to be aware. 1 Peter 5, 8. Some of you need this verse real bad. Watch this. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Can I just pull back the curtain and expose something to some of you that aren't aware? There is an adversary. 
The devil is real, everybody. I'm just telling you right now that heaven is real, and therefore hell is also real. God is on the move, and unfortunately that means that Satan will also be on the move. I guarantee you that you will never advance in the spiritual and not fight resistance with it. Because sadly enough, and I wish he would, but he don't, Satan doesn't roll over and just quit. He pushes back, and he fights, and he pulls, and he scratches, and he claws because he's not trying to trip you up. He's not trying to make you stumble. He's not trying to give you a bad day. He's trying to destroy your faith in Jesus Christ who saved you. He's trying to devour you. And I would hate to be a pastor that's leading people and not tell you the honest truth that Satan hates your guts. And he's trying to tear down your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to say, stay alert. Be aware. So rather than be in that moment and go, oh my gosh, God, I've been fasting, praying, going to church. I've been doing all this stuff. I started to give and I started to serve and look at this mess. And here's what I would say to you. You're looking in the wrong direction. You're looking in the wrong direction because it isn't God who has just said, oh, watch this, watch this. No, 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 no. It's your adversary who's trying to tear down your faith. And so the first thing that we need to do in this fight for our faith is be faithful, stay consistent, lean into the Father. The second thing we've got to do is be alert, be aware, understand that there is a great enemy and he's trying to destroy our lives. Third tactic I want to give you this morning is this. I'm going to encourage us to be submitted. That's a word we don't like. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Well, you ain't going to make it very far. I'm just honest with you. Like, man, we all, listen, I, I tell my, I've told my kids this their whole lives. I have two adult children, and I have one um, uh, teenage daughter still. And I tell all the time, you'll always have somebody over you. You'll never outrun authority. I don't care. Be, be your own boss and self-employed and build your own business, and you'll be at the mercy of your clients. Everybody, somebody, you're always going to have to listen to somebody. The idea of submission is just not a bad thing. To be submitted is a good thing. Let me, if you aspire to be a leader, can I just help you for a minute? You will never be a good leader until you're a good follower. Never. I mean, it happens around here. Like, I'm the lead pastor of the church. And do you know how many things go on around here that I do not lead? That I get on the team and just follow? Do you know how many questions I cannot answer? It would blow your, you'd lose confidence in me, probably. <laughs> Like, what the heck is this guy doing here? And you know what I've learned to do? Follow leaders. If I get invited to go preach into another church, which doesn't happen often, so if you want to call me, I'll come. Um, <laughs> kind of have to look in the mirror, don't you? Like, what's, why not? What's wrong with you, John? Anyway, I'm kidding. Um, but really. Uh, but if I'm going to speak somewhere else, it doesn't matter that I'm the lead pastor of a church. It doesn't matter. I am under the authority of that leader. So I'll ask questions like, hey, are you in a series? Is there a particular focus that you need me to follow? Is there a topic I need to preach on? How much time do I have? What do you not want me to say to your church? What things are you trying to promote right now? Because I'm, to, I want to just be a good follower where everybody sees me in front, on the mic and in front of them trying to lead them, but I'm leading them by following. I don't know why I feel like somebody needed that because I did not have that in my notes at all. But what I want to say is that if we're going to be successful followers of Jesus and if we're going to be victorious in this fight that I'm calling us to fight, then we have to be submitted. 
I cannot be victorious until I first submitted. Look, the Bible says it. James 4, 7, I love this verse. Probably my favorite verse in all scripture because it was the first verse God ever gave me revelation on and I preached my first sermon from right here. Title of my message was Submit to Kill. That's what I called it. I was 13. Crazy. Long time ago. Watch what the Bible says. This was the revelation that God showed me. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Every follower of Jesus wants to resist the devil and we want him to flee. All of us. Every one of us. We want to be victorious. We want to win. We want to conquer. But we first must submit. Submission to the Lord's word to the Lord's ways, to the Lord's call, to his direction, to that still small voice that's leading us into a direction that we go, I don't understand, God, why you would ask this of me because all my other Christian friends get to do this. And the Holy Spirit's like, do you trust me? Will you be obedient and submit to me? Because I've got something for you. And I want you to walk in victory. So submit to me and you'll have victory in this fight. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of us. Can I just, can I just preach for just a second right here? There's, there's a lot of us. We're getting our spiritual butts whooped. And we wonder why. And there may be a submission problem. That's heavy. But I, I want to help you. And can I t- there are times that i got to look in the mirror at myself and say, Hey, Hersey, submit. You're getting your butt whooped right now. And you need to do something about it. And your role, your tactic is to submit to what God is leading you to do. Don't take it into your own control and your own strength. Don't question God's word. Don't wonder why this is hard. He has a plan for you. And his plan is perfect. In his kingdom, he's trying to fulfill it. And he's asking us to play a part. Amen, everybody? Hey, we're going to be faithful. We're going to be alert. We're going to be submitted. And then number four, we're going to be victorious. This is the best part of the message right here. We are going to be victorious. Man, I love Romans 8, 37. The Apostle Paul. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is yours. Through Christ, who loved us. Can I tell you something pretty awesome? about walking with Jesus, we win. We win. Like victory, let me say it like this. I heard this said years and years ago, and I stole it, because it's true. When our faith is in Jesus, and our lives are safe in his care, And we've submitted ourselves to his will. A.K.A. When you're a Christian. We have this distinct privilege. Because we do not have to fight for victory. We get to fight from victory. The battle has already been won. And I know it's tough sometimes. Because I think sometimes we, we see in our mind's eye a spiritual battle. And when we think of this spiritual battle, we see it like a, 
like a fleshly battle. Some of you have like a World War II kind of scene in your mind. Some of you would have like, a, like an old like, like knights, you know, in a field or a biblical scene. Or some of you would have a modern day guerrilla warfare sort of tactical, you know, Navy SEAL kind of imagery of, of a battle in your mind. And when we, when we think about it most oftentimes, we think of two equal strength opposing armies going head to head. But here's the truth. As hard as it is for us to understand it, it's not like that at all. It's like overwhelming strength and power from God and this weeny little messed up, rebellious Satan leading a band of ridiculous misfits. It's, it's like it's not even close. But it's tough because we feel it in those moments. We feel like, man, I'm having to fight for it. Fight for my consistency. Fight for my alertness. And I've got to fight for my faithfulness. And I've got to fight to be submitted. Because there's always the flesh pulling me into a drifting direction. Always pulling me away. But overwhelming victory, it is ours. Jesus did it for us to walk in the completed work of Christ Jesus. And I know that's hard to understand, but I promise you that I'm going to keep preaching the gospel because it starts there and it stays there. The gospel, Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel Jesus did for me, what I cannot do for myself. And the word of God tells us that the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is the same power that lives in me. In closing, I'm going to encourage us, be faithful, be alert, be submitted, hey, and be victorious. I want to, I want to read this to you. We just read the 37th verse of Romans chapter 8. I would actually just like to, this won't be on the screen, you can just listen and enjoy. I want to read verses 33 to the end of the chapter. And I'd love for you to just take this in. Regardless of where you are, maybe you're really, really close to the Father in this season of your life. Maybe you feel like you're a million miles away. I'll read these verses. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Will God? No. He is the one who has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus? No. For he is the one who died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting at the place of highest honor next to God, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or we're persecuted or hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't, life can't, angels can't, and demons can't. Our fears for today 
and our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hey, church, fight for it. Man, just fight for it. Fight for the things that are going to keep you rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fight for the things that are going to anchor your heart to his. They're going to stabilize your feet to stand firm against the enemy like the Bible tells us to do. Lean in to the consistent things that matter to the health of your soul so that you can run and not grow weary. Walk and not faint. So that you can be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So that you can have overwhelming victory in your life. There's so much more to this life of faith than church. But the church establishes this life of faith. So important. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask that no one look around or move around, please. I know some of you are ready to get to lunch, but you, would you be respectful of the people that this moment really matters for? God, we worship you. God, we worship you. We just worship you in this moment. If you follow Jesus like I do, I'd love for you just to begin to pray. Just begin to pray for the people that may be in this room or tuning in online that are far from God right now. Can I tell you something, church? This is why we do what we do on Sundays, right here, this moment. Because there may be, and I hope there is, people in this room and you say, that's me. I am far from God. And I want to say, oh good, oh good. Because everything we've done this morning is for you. And in this moment, I would like to invite you to come be near him. It's very simple. The Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. And so for those of us in this room that you say, I'm just a long way away, guess what? All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And you will step into right standing with God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ. I want you to consider that seriously. And ponder what that means for you your family, your eternity, what does that mean? That means that you can know him personally. If you're in this room or watching online and you say, man, I'm, I am a Christian, I'm just, I've drifted, I've drifted, and I feel like I'm so far, that's okay. His mercies, the Bible tells us, they are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness to you. So I want to invite you in this moment to give your life to Jesus, to put your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm asking you to do. I'd love to invite our approved prayer partners. Go ahead and make your way toward the front because we're going to be...
praying for people here in just a few moments. As they transition, I'm going to invite those of you that are making a decision right now, whether you're in this room or tuning in online, I'm going to invite you to repeat a prayer after me. It's a very simple prayer, and quite honestly, there's nothing real special about it. It's just a guide to connect you to the heart of God. This would be your way of believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And guess what? That's how you're saved. So if that's you, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And church family, you know how we do it. I ask everybody in the room to say it out loud because there are some of you, you're going to say it for the very first time. And I want you to be able to say it with boldness and with confidence out loud. This moment matters. This is your birthday in the kingdom of God. Here's our prayer. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I give you my life, all of it. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. All that I am is yours in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's congratulate them that said that prayer. Let's stand together. Let's finish this service worshiping our God. Come on, church.